sending flowers to your apartment. You said you aren't at home much anymore. I stopped dropping by without an appointment. Cause I'd hear laughter coming through your door. Sometimes late at night you'll still call me. Just before you close your eyes to sleep, you make me vow to try and stop by sometime. But baby, that's a Lobo's dating tips for Christian guys. Now, the um, problem of the cast, and it's a cast in which I'm invested and about which I feel strongly, is the kind of question of the authorial voice. Who is speaking here? Lobo's tips for Christian guys. Well, if I try to draw attention to the kind of irony that I attempted to present in Lounge Kruner Classics or in um, 
uh, history of giant crab movies, um, I'll be falling into a trap of self-consciousness, which I feel to some extent. I would perhaps rather draw on Isherwood's um, view of camp, which is really uh, succinctly expressed in his 1952 novel, The World in the Evening, when a character, Dr. Kennedy, describes the notion of camp, which is kind of Baroque overblown floridity, as in Carmen Miranda, or um, or uh, Baroque architecture and certain kinds of Rococo expressions of life, to which uh, it can be said that the, of which it can be said that the greater the degree of floridity and exaggerated Baroque, um, <clears throat> a wild um, uh, absurdity uh, is in direct proportion to the seriousness of the actual task. It's very interesting. Um, this is why um, Isherwood uh, believes, and he talked about it a lot, it's a very interesting concept, that um, because really serious things cannot really be put into words, uh, they are so deep that uh, they have to be covered if they are really serious by massive layers of uh, <coughs> of. Uh, kind of uh, of a joke, a massive kind of absurd joke, you know, like the characters in Brideshead Revisited in the early stages of that book. Everything has to be covered over. Um, now, this particular concept comes from a particular subculture, but I find it very intriguing and also true. So in a way, when I say that the podcast is entitled Lobo's um, Dating Tips for Christian Guys, it's far better for me to say this is a kind of heterosexual camp. <clears throat> Or just kind of camp in general, because it's not limited to any particular context, actually. Although it is about the underground river of human sexuality in its um, most uh, positive and most ultimately, um, um, oh golly, I want to say whole cloth, um, formative uh, character, then um, it's really, um, I'd rather talk about camp than about irony in a voice, because I don't want to lecture you. I simply want to say that if you'll see this podcast a little bit as camp, then I hope maybe, in fact, what it's really driving at will perhaps be able to be sort of opened out of its uh, shell, you know, the little, the pearl within the within the the oyster. And uh, remember Frankie goes to Hollywood, there's a great song, uh, The World is My Oyster. <coughs> now, um, there are two tips, dating tips for Christian guys, and I'm just going to say what I really, uh, the way I want to say it, let's put it that way here, in two songs I've chosen by Lobo, and I won't give you, you look and look Lobo up, he was a singer, a very good singer, a, a kind of mellow, to use a pigeonhole, kind of as in bread, um, but uh, really very, um, actually today we would use the word nuanced, soft rock singer back a long ago. And in the early 70s, he had a number of hits. The three, the most famous one was Me and You and a Dog Named Boo. And it's really a great sort of road song. It's Kerouac country. And it's very fun. It's very good. Sentimental, but good. But the, it's not as sentimental as people think. Watching Bobby Grow. No, it's not that. It's actually a great road song of uh, hum of, of young adolescent emancipation. I just love it. Uh, yes, me, <laughs> me and you. Uh, but uh, there are many songs he wrote really about sexual warfare which are subtle, and I'm surprised any of them became hits. The first, uh, which we've just heard, is this poignant song, Don't Expect Me to Be Your Friend. The most poignant of all his songs, the most... Uh, the one that I find absolutely scalding is called How Can I uh, How Can um, What is it called? I have it right here because I have the song in front of me um, 
How Can I Tell Her? And the one that I'm going to use at the end of this podcast is called She Didn't Do Magic. Uh, now, the dating tips for Christian guys are located within the first and in the third of these songs. And uh, actually, there's a positive message in the second. And the first dating tip for Christian guys is that um, guys see relationships with gals differently than gals often are programmed to see their relationship with guys. In that, when Lobo says, I've been your lover, and now you say you want to be friends with me, don't expect me to be your friend. I can't do it. Having had sex with you, I can't revert to being a friend. Apparently you can. He, 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 he cannot conceive of being a, quote, friend to her the way she now claims or desires to be with him. And I, I, I can't psych her out, but I know how he feels. I've been in that situation many times, even within the context of marriage. Um, um, the only thing a guy really wants is for the girl to like his body and to have sex with him. Now, out of that comes friendship. Out of that comes enormous devotion and self-sacrificial love. Out of the sexual relationship, it's not this, these things are not pitted against one another. But don't start with friend. well, yes, of course, sex can grow from friendship, and I know that too. In the chronology of relationships, the sexual fire can grow from a kind of unthreatened intimacy of exchange of of, of who you are. Absolutely, but um, the guy deep down wants to know: Does she like me as a boy? Does she like me in my masculine, in my, in my sexuality? Uh, and is my sexuality, which is so vast, the underground river to end all rivers, you know, the underground river, which is a thousand feet deep, um, is that uh, here? And when she says, we've had sex, but now I want you to revert or to change the relationship to a friend because I have another guy I like more in that way. And that's why the song is, if you've ever been, if you're a Christian guy, and by that I obviously mean a guy, and if any guy, he wasn't writing this to any group sectarian, you know, Lobo was writing it to himself, uh, and that's why the song was a hit, and it always will be, that song will never die, because it, it conveys with complete accuracy and increasing and uh, ever boldening in the, um, in the lyric um, hurt. Finally, when he says, I don't even want to go down to the village, which I think is so funny, where we used to go, and I understand that don't you? Uh, well, if you're a Christian guy, um, or whoever you may be. But then he says, and when I see you with your new boyfriend, he said, that's when the wall starts closing in. The walls start falling in. In other words, I cannot handle it. I cannot, having had a sexual relationship with you, I cannot handle meeting guys who now are having a sexual relationship with you that I once had. I simply cannot handle the supplanting. Now, that works both ways. And what is a very uh, enormously... Um, moving about the song, which I will let you, it's too, it's too, um, it's not too um, kryptonite. I mean, it's not too uh, high octane for the podcast, but it's just too high octane for me. I can't, uh, I don't want to present the song to you, but go on YouTube and look the song, look up the song, How Can I Tell Her by Lobo, when, when, it's, when it's the shoes on the other foot. This time the guy is rejecting the girl who's just wonderful. She's maternal, although the word is never stated. She is so completely dedicated. The girl or the wife who he's living with is so completely dedicated to his welfare. She's absolutely putting everything about her own life secondary to his welfare. And now he is preparing to jilt her in favor of the you in the song, Another Woman, who turns him on. Because he says, how can I tell you that when you're we're away, I never think about you. I never miss you. He said, all I really think about is the third is the other girl. 
How can I tell her that all I really think about is, talking to the third party, you? Uh, and when I'm with you, everything is just unbelievable because he's having sex with her and he's completely satisfied in his in his number one uh, as built in self, physical self. He's completely satisfied in his body and that trumps all the sacrifice in the world. Whenever you find people referring to you, even in marriage, as a friend, a watch out. Now, as I said before, please don't misunderstand. Friendship from, a, from a many, many men springs from the sexual satisfaction. In other words, a man who is satisfied sexually and is really turned on and is really into his, um, you know, his wife or his woman, his girlfriend in that way, or anybody who really satisfies him in that way. And I'm not, uh, I'm not limiting this here to any, uh, to, to boy girl. It's uh, uh, Christopher Sherwood had it a thousand, six hundred times, or at least in his journals, which I'm pouring through, had them, had this uh, experience many times. Um, if I'm being satisfied, if that part of me is being satisfied and addressed, um, then friendship uh, and devotion and sacrifice and selflessness does in fact flow. But it doesn't come the other way, except, yes, I, as I said before, it sometimes comes the other way, especially for women. I acknowledge that totally, and I've seen it. However, for men... Uh, it is always the underlying question is, uh, does she, is she into me? Does she like me physically? That's the underlying question. Now, you all say, but you see, it's, uh, you can say it's everybody's question because in this, the guy is rejecting the girl who loves him as a friend and as gives herself to him in bed. Uh, he refers to that, but uh, doesn't turn him on. And so therefore, the one who turns him on is... He's calling the shots, and he's going to reject uh, this uh, his partner that he lives with, and it's horrifying. So uh, it's so upsetting. What is powerful about that is the rejection. First, the guy has been rejected by the girl in the first song we listened to, Don't Expect Him to Be Your Friend. And um, you know what? I think I better put this song. No, no, I, it's too upsetting. Um, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but uh, now the guy, he, first the guy's been rejected by the girl on these grounds. And then the second song, um, how can I, uh, uh, how can I tell her the uh, guy's rejecting the girl? So you see, it's universal. It's not a male-female differentiation. We, we're all doing it to each other all the time, men and women. Um, point two, however, underlines this in a somewhat more hopeful way. Um, Lobo's um, dating tips for Christian guys. Uh, point number two comes in the song that uh, I think was a B-side to one of his early big hits. And I think he had two top ten hits. Um, I Want You to Want Me. Isn't that what's called? That's no. That's uh, da, 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 uh, that's the by that other group from the eighties. Um, cheap trick, but it's something like I don't. You want me to want you, or I want you to want me. It was. I think that was a number one song, and the second was me and you and a dog named Boo. But I think the flip side and maybe top ten was the last song, which she she didn't do magic. And that's point two is that that central factor in human relationships that are based upon the. Um, the, 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 the sexual aspect, which um, uh, the most important relationships really, how can we all, yes, I mean, I don't, do I want to quite say that? Uh, let's just say uh, in, in, in that arena, uh, if you don't do magic, forget it. If, if you don't, if, if there hasn't been a point of magic, you know, if you're coasting, if you're, if you're in neutral in that relationship you have, it's not that it's not <clears throat> um, magic, but there's no magic. You're very vulnerable. If if you're in reverse, uh, then you're in the song, How Can I Tell You? Or you're in the song, How Can I Tell Her? Or the song, um, 
don't expect me to be your friend. Um, most of us are often in neutral there. Uh, we've had, we've been in drive with the person, and we'd like to be in drive again, but for a variety of reasons, some of which, like in Outer Limits, you know, there's nothing we can do about certain circumstances, um, like Isherwood in The World in the Evening when he's in a body cast for two months. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, or for other reasons, you know, you're in wartime and you're far away from someone you love. And I don't believe that Stephen Stills is to be emulated there. You know, if you're not with the one you love, love the one you're with. I understand the reality of that statement, but I don't accept that as a principle because I don't think that's really actually necessary because you can be in uh, in neutral for other reasons and still be susceptible to going into drive. And that's a lot of our relationships. That There is the, the kernel of what started it. I used to always tell people in marital counseling, I said, always go back to how it started. When you first slept with him, I never could say that in the in the kind of ministry I had, but that's what I meant. When you first slept together, did it work? Was it good for you? Well, if it was, then you know you've got something to go on. But if you're marrying this fellow or you're marrying this woman, this girl, uh, on the basis of some kind of shared vocation or missionary vocation or some kind of shared, um, uh, I don't know, interest or some kind of shared purpose or some kind of shared, you name it, maybe just to get a visa, you know, a friend of mine, was, um, he... Uh, I think he wanted to um, get a uh, get a residency permit some in another foreign country, and he married a girl who was from that country. And then, needless to say, they had to get divorced. Or maybe she wanted a residency permit in the USA, which is the way it usually works today. But I think in his case, he wanted a some kind of long term residence in the in another European country. And you know, don't if you're marrying for that, that's obvious. But if you're marrying with if it doesn't have magic, forget it. And the song is great because he meets Gloria in Georgia. And she's got magic. Listen to the kind of little guitars there when the word mystic comes up. And she's got what it takes, but not magic. And then he meets Melinda in Virginia. What a lyric. Camp, you know, paging Isherwood. Um, he meets Melinda in Virginia, and she's got it too. She's got a lot of come hither, but she doesn't have magic. And funnily enough, the, the, the girl who's got the magic, who does the magic, lives in Cleveland. That's so great. I mean, that's a terrific theology of the cross touch to Lobo's song. She does the magic. And in a way, it's a little threatening because of the way he almost threatens her. He said, you know, I'm coming, to, I'm coming into Cleveland now, hitchhiking, and if, if you don't, if you can't do your magic with me, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting you to do your magic. Well, that's the end. You know, don't magic doesn't come on cue. Uh, it may appear to come on cue, but it never really is. But look at you. Where's the magic? You know, is the magic there? If it's not there, if you've married for the wrong reasons, your marriage won't last. But you know that. If it can be rekindled, praise God. And if it was there at the very beginning, praise God. But if it's not there now, if you're in neutral then it can be rekindled. If it's in reverse, then you're in the song that I will not play you. You know, the, that love, that, that particular song, I, I will not call its name. That's what I wanted to say. Lobo's dating tips for Christian guys. And I really hope you liked it.